Previously on Super Movie Ball. And I will send it out in all forms of communication, including tone form. Tone form? You're malfunctioning. Won't that just come out like music? Yes, but the tone message will stay intact. You're the boss, Applesauce. What an, what, an, what an odd thing to say. This is Mac with the Super Movie Ball Podcast with an SOS. I repeat, SOS. We have movies, TV, and video games, but it won't last long. We need your help. Please, send help. Well, that's that. What are we gonna do, Spew? Same thing we always do, sir, Peter. Oh, yeah. You're listening to another episode of Super Movie Ball. I'm your one and only host, Mac. How's your day going, guys? Gals? Goonies? Good? I hope so. Mine's going pretty okay. (laughs) I already recorded this episode, but I totally screwed up. Recorded on the wrong mic? Yeah. I'm a rank amateur. What do you what do you want from me? <laughs> oh man, I recorded the whole thing and now I gotta do it over again. But that's okay. I got my energy level up. We're gonna do it. Second take is always better. Everybody knows that. I wanna welcome you to a new type of episode in which I hope there will be many. Guys, gals, goonies, this is Oh man, it's so hard talking about an entire series of something. So I'm just going to watch like three to five episodes and give my initial thoughts. It's something I've done in the past before, but I've got the format down. And, you know, if I really like this uh, series, I might do a full review of the entire series at some point. Way, way, way down the road. Not going to worry about it. But today, we're going to talk about anime. No, oh, oh, don't leave. Ah, oh. yep, most of you just left. Yep, yep, okay. Well, that's a, so those of you that stayed, congratulations. You're my true friends, and I love you. Yeah. We're going to talk about an anime today called High Score Girl. But before we get into that, the spoiler protection edict widget variants Mark II, a.k.a. Spew 2.0, do your thing. This alert is to inform all crew members that we are currently entering a spoiler zone. If you wish to avoid spoilers, please disembark now. Ooh, you're so good at your job, you deserve a raise, buddy. You really do. So, this is the part where I normally would insert a trailer so you have some point of reference for the plot and characters. But surprisingly, an English trailer for this anime does not exist. 
There's some fan-made ones that contain spoilers and aren't very good, so I'm just gonna not do that. I'm gonna read the description for you, and hopefully you won't get bored. The year is 1991, which, sidebar... Objection! I can't believe that's almost 30 years ago. That's kind of crazy to me. I, it's blowing my mind. Anyway. The year is 1991, and 6th grader Haro only has video games to live for. He's not popular in school, he's not handsome, funny, nice, or even friendly. The only thing he has going for him is that he's good at video games. One day, at a local arcade, Ono Akira, a fellow classmate who's very popular, smart, pretty, and a rich girl, absolutely destroys him at Street Fighter 2. Not only does he lose to her 30 times in a row, he can't beat her at any game. Haru can't seem to shake Akira off as she follows him from arcade to arcade every day after school and beats him every time. As weird as it sounds, the couple begins to build a strange bond and friendship. Well, that's it. <laughs> that's the anime. That's the anime description in a nutshell. So, where's this from? This is adapted from the manga of the same name, published by Square Enix. And uh-oh, we got our second sidebar. Objection! That's right, Square Enix, famously known for producing home console role-playing video games. You ever heard of Squaresoft, publishers of a little game called Final Fantasy? Or Enix, the publishers of a little game called Dragon Quest? That's right, in the early 2000s, they came together to form the huge mega corporation blockbuster hitting throwing uh whatever <laughs> square enix it's kind of neat that a video game company has released this manga slash anime i love it so when we're unpacking anime slash manga we got to talk about genre slash demographic that's right this particular anime is a comedy all right i like a little comedy romance who doesn't like a little romance i mean come on school What's up? What does that mean? What does school mean? Well, it's kind of like it sounds. It's, it's school-age kids doing school-age kid stuff. So, okay. And seinen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What the heck is seinen? <laughs> Let me explain seinen. Seinen refers to young men between the ages of 15 and 24. So, anime and manga tends to be a little bit more violent and have a psychological nature to them. More so than, say, a shonen series. Well, what's a shonen? Well, you kind of guessed it. It's 15 years old and younger. Of course, seinen is an all-serious business. Sometimes they focus on comedy. Sometimes they focus on more, more mature themes. Although, mature themes aren't really the focus of the majority of the work. And I'm going to add something in here. Since this takes place nearly 30 years ago and concentrated in Japanese pop culture at the time and references, it's pretty logical that the demographic here is probably more around 15 years old to 45 years old, maybe even older. I mean, you know, <laughs> we're talking about games from 1991. I mean, uh, for those of you that care, I watched this with Japanese subtitles, uh, although English dub is available. So, And the subtitles are pretty good. A lot of the background stuff, like signs and books or any kind of writing. The majority of it that you need to know for the plot or maybe character development is written out, but not all of it. What's the English dub like? I don't know. I didn't listen to it. I'm sorry. And, you know, this isn't the 80s or the 90s. I'm sure the dub is is very good. So let's unpack this thing. Let's cue the unpacking music. Turn down for what? That's, that's not the unpacking music. I don't know what that is. Well, I know what that is, but that, that, ain't, that ain't the unpacking music. We'll talk about that later. 
<clears throat> anyway, speaking of musical themes, the opening theme to this kicks so much. Oh, you can I mean, it is amazingly cool. It's so good. So I'm just going to give you a play-by-play of the first few episodes, and let's just get into this. Yeah. So the anime starts off, as previously stated, in 1991. It has a great depiction of Japanese arcade culture and sit-down arcade machines, or candy cabinets, sometimes called cocktail cabinets. Just Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. These cocktail cabinets, if they're multiplayer, the two cabinets often connect back-to-back, meaning that you usually can't see your opponent if you're playing a game unless you lean out to the side of the cabinet or walk around to see who you're playing. Fun fact, arcades in Japan aren't called arcades. They're called game centers. You just learned something today. The on-screen representation of arcades in their pixelated form of the 80s and 90s is just perfect, and it takes up the entire screen, and it tickles my nostalgia spot pretty good. I love it. After the opening, we get a brief overview of world events from a sometimes narrator. Who knows? At any rate, Haru, our protagonist, is a single-minded video game consuming monster. He's sitting in an arcade or game center playing Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior. It's a classic arcade game. Haru has won 10 matches in a row, and the queue behind him is getting restless and rather ugly. Just then, Akira shows up, and she beats Haru seven matches in a row. Haru is reluctant to leave the cabinet, but eventually he does. While standing off to the side, Haru is fuming over Kira's effortless skill and is very prideful to losing to a girl using the Zangief character. Now, if you don't know anything about uh, Street Fighter, Zangief is a wrestler character. He's Russian and hairy and, I don't know, he's kind of a decent character. I don't know why he's so upset about losing to that character. He's not an inferior character. I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but Haru is very upset about it. Anyway, getting back to the plot, Akira manages to rack up a 29-match winning streak, taking on different opponents in the game center. Angry that Akira is violating his hidden game center oasis, he's determined to beat her and just just destroy her so that she will never come back. So for some context, we get some explaining of video game slang and terminologies by our sometimes, often ethereal narrator. But... I will say this, the explanation is complete with visuals and in-game sound effects, and it's very quick and humorous, which makes learning fun. Haru challenges Akira once again. During the match, Haru uses a forbidden technique for his character Guile, known as Guile Turtling, in order to beat Akira in round one. Then, in round two, Haru plays one-handed to show off, but gets beat handedly by Akira. In round three, Haru doesn't use the guile turtling forbidden technique and starts out fighting fair, or at least that's what the spectating cue behind him thinks. Haru uses another forbidden technique called throw jank to win the match. After losing the match, Akira kicks the arcade cabinet, slamming into Haru's cabinet, throwing him completely off balance. Then Akira stands up and slowly stomps to Haru and serves up a right cross to the face, leaving his nose bloody and face bruised. The slow motion effect and the knockout sound directly from Street Fighter 2 adds to the hilarity of the, of the real world punch. After getting knocked on his butt, 
Haru dusts himself off and follows Akira outside, where she's being picked up by her family chauffeur. There's a running gag here. Cue the theme! Haru gets hit by Akira's family car, and the chauffeur just laughs. Only after three episodes, Akira moves away. Episode 4 jumps two years into the future. A new character shows up in Haru's life. Hidaka Koharu. Haru? Koharu? Eh, there you go. So who is Koharu? Koharu is a girl in Haru's class throughout junior high. She's an introverted girl who spends much of her time alone. But she develops into a more sociable person and develops interests in gaming after spending some time with Haru over a new Neo Geo MVS that gets installed in front of her family's shop. What's a Neo Geo MVS? It's a video game board that goes inside an arcade machine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's, it's all gaming stuff everywhere. But it turns out that Koharu is a natural when it comes to fighting games. She transforms into a powerful force to be reckoned with, both as a gamer and as a rival for Haru's affections. Mmm, ooh la la. After a fateful showdown at Haru's usual stomping grounds, she developed a bit of a sadistic side whenever she's around Haru. Kinda cute. Back to the plot, Haru connects with Koharu at a local candy shop playing Street Fighter 2 The World Warrior. Koharu never really played any kind of video games before. She's just not into it. But when she does play this game, Koharu picks Zangief, sound familiar, and is pretty adept at using him. This excites Haru and makes him think of a certain someone. <laughs> Koharu's family owns a shop nearby, as previously mentioned, and has a series of arcade cabinets outside. Haru hangs outside Koharu's family shop because he just lives right around the corner. Koharu can't stop thinking about Haru, even though she thinks he's very odd, so obsessed with video games, and is entirely just so weird to her. But as Koharu and Haru start spending more and more time together, a familiar face re-enters the arcade scene. And that's it. That's the first few episodes. So it's time to get into what I like. What I didn't like. <laughs> we don't got songs for that either? That's all right. Well, speaking of songs, the opening and closing songs are just deliciously awesome. The opening just gets you hyped for the episode and really just, you just can't wait to get into it because it's just, it's so bombastic and moving. The closing song is really kind of nice. So even if it's your last episode of the evening or you just can't watch anymore, you'll be humming that tune, you know, just, just to give you some little anticipation for the next time you can sit down and enjoy the show. <laughs> this is one really, really geeky thing, but the episodes are referred to as rounds. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm sorry. I love it. I also like watching Haru and Akira's friendship develop over the course of the series. It's really quite heartwarming. There's a lot of attention to detail when it comes to the arcade cabinets, the video game consoles, the video game accessories, the controllers, the video game screens, you know, how they go full screen when you're watching it. It just makes you feel like you're there and you're experiencing what the characters are experiencing. And I like that. I like the kind of detail that you can pick up. There's a variety of video games that we see both in the arcades and the home consoles. So we get a sense of what this era of gaming is like. One thing that I have to mention, it's a coming of age story during a time when, well, I was coming of age and that's just hashtag relatable. The series uses real video games, like actual existing video games, not made up ones or knockoffs or anything like that. And it's cool that sometimes you're watching something that's like a knockoff that's a nod to like Mario or, you know, I don't know, Call of Duty or whatever. That's cool. 
But these are actual real-life video games. And I think <laughs> Square Enix, when they were publishing this, had a little bit of trouble, legal trouble, getting this in the anime. But they ironed everything out, and they're actually real games in there, and it's, it's kind of lovely. The depiction of Japanese gaming culture and candy shops during this time in the 90s is pretty accurate. I, I was not there, obviously, in the 90s. However, I do have friends that were there that tell me that this is an authentic sort of experience, and it's kind of a slice of what it was like then. The video game references aren't just references for references' sake. They fit into the story, or they're in the background and give you kind of a wink or nod to the audience watching. I also like that I can see video games that I've never seen or heard of before in that era, which kind of make me want to want to experience them for the first time. There's another neat thing where Haru loves the TurboGrafx-16, aka the PC Engine in Japan. During this time, I was obsessed with the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo and didn't show much love to the TurboGrafx-16. However, it is a great system and I love that it gets some love during this series. I failed to even mention Haru's crazy and lovable mom. She's just eccentric and fun. At one point, she performs a German suplex and and a Boston Crab leg lock on Haru just for misbehaving. If that isn't mom of the year material, I don't know what is. I mean, she's just so classy. Mwah, mwah, mwah. And I mean that unironically, by the way. I don't think Akira speaks a line of dialogue during the entire first series, but just makes non-verbal noises like grunts and sighs, gestures, facial expressions, or a combination of all of those things. It's like Akira might have some disability or be on the spectrum or something, I don't know. And not that I'm trying to be mean or anything, but it's just, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. But you know, now that I'm thinking about it, Akira as a silent character is a dry and subtle nod to the games of yesteryear where the player would take on the role of a silent protagonist. So I guess it kind of fits and I, I think that's what they're going for. If I had three words to sum up Akira, it would be these, silent and violent. There's also this really cool episode that's about an urban legend that takes a really strange turn. No spoilers. Ending an episode with the candy cabinets is just fun, and it just gives me the warm and fuzzies. I mean, 1988 was such a great year, and so was 1990, and <laughs> seeing all those games that were released in Japan and North America were just, it's just kind of a cool way to end the episodes there. These characters are sweet and funny and have very real moments, which I was not expecting. <laughs> this is just so random, but I have to mention it. Koharu wants to use an umbrella in a snowstorm, and it's it's just so cute. It's so Japanese and so cute, I, I can't stand it. Another part I enjoyed is Koharu is just sort of chill and normal, especially compared to the video game-obsessed uh, Haru and the hot-tempered Akira. But you can't push Koharu. Don't push her, because she'll let you know what's up. This is just typical anime Cheese, man. Anime don't care about being cool. And you know what? My guys, gals, and goonies, neither do I. And speaking of things that aren't cool, it's time for some dislikes. So who is this narrator anyway, and, and where does he go? I kind of feel like he should fill us in on some of the stuff that is like a little bit sort of vague. Especially, I don't know, Akira. Maybe he can tell us what she's thinking or feeling. I don't know. This series, it covers video games, but it's mostly arcade games. It doesn't cover a lot of console games that aren't related to the arcade. So it might cover an arcade, you know, port to the, you know, the home console, but it's not going to cover that. And it also doesn't cover PC games. I love PC games. Where's, where's my PC love at? Master Race, am I right? Don't get weirded out by that. That's a thing. Look it up. It's just a joke. 
don't don't put me on a list. Don't put me on a list. Anyway, another thing I just I can't stand is Haru has to do all the heavy lifting in the dialogue department. You know, I love Akira sort of as a silent character when it comes to certain moments. Um, but you know, just don't point or nod. Say something, girl. Say something. What? Huh? Say something. But, you know, it's funny. She has a bawling tantrum moment, and it's it's really kind of awful, especially from what I previously stated. It's just like she doesn't talk or say anything, but then she just has an emotional outburst. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, she might be on this, but she might be a nod to the silent protagonist in video games, but she also might be on the spectrum a little bit. I don't know. But it's also kind of funny in a certain way, depending on, I don't know where they're going with it. So it's, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, for, and lastly, this is like a weird pet peeve, but the school the school forbids kids from going to the arcades. What? That's crazy to me. I mean, I guess it's a, a an accurate depiction and reflection of um, Japanese culture at the time, and maybe this still continues. I'm not sure. But like teachers can can walk in after class, and if somebody's in a game center arcade and they're just playing a game they can get in trouble they can get in trouble at school and with their parents it's kind of crazy i don't i don't understand i don't fully understand the context and that's fine i don't have to and if it's an accurate depiction of the culture then hey that's what it is but for me if i'm look if i'm it's after school and i'm playing a video game in an arcade and my parents know where i'm at I'm not going to listen to some random teacher. Do you know what I mean? Even if I wasn't getting straight A's, let's say I was getting D's, I'm still a kid. Kids are allowed to have fun. Let a kid be a kid. It's ridiculous. Get out of here. I'm not going to listen to you. So I don't know. It's a weird like pet peeve thing for me to have, but I didn't really like it in the anime, even though I kind of understood it was like, okay, this is a, a depiction of what's going on at the time. So now it's the part where you get to our recommendations. I highly recommend this series. It's in this Venn diagram of people who, on one side, enjoy anime, and on another side, enjoy retro video games, which I imagine there's a lot of overlap in that. It's definitely worth the watch. Is this for your average viewer? Oh, not really, average viewer. I'm sorry. If you're not into anime, this isn't going to get you into anime i'm sorry it's just not it's not gonna be there it's it's not a gateway into the animated world of japanese stuff (laughs) but like i said before if you're in that venn diagram of stuff or if this just sounds good to you definitely watch it so where can you watch this thing at well i've actually done my homework for once but it was super easy. That's why it was done. Uh, you can watch this on Netflix. They've got the first 12 episodes. For whatever reason, the last three episodes are listed as OVAs or original video animations, which usually are full-length movies at least 80 to 90 minutes long. But these are not 80 to 90 minutes long. They're just regular episode length long. They're about 30 minutes long. So essentially, there's 15 episodes on there. And this just in. The second season starts in October of this year. That's right, 2019. So you can watch the second season. So catch up and then watch the second season if you want to. So how would I fix this? How would I fix this anime? You know, if they if they gave it to me to fix? I didn't have a whole lot of problems with it. If you listen to my likes and dislikes, you didn't have a lot of problems with it. Well, having grown up on quite a few Super Nintendo era RPGs, I love a good silent protagonist or character. But making a Kira Mute is an odd choice. While it's a nice nod to JRPGs of the past, 
it's somewhat frustrating for us to get to know her as a character. I don't know. If I had to fix one thing, that'd be it. Do I have any recommendations? Well, off the top of my head, I don't I don't know anything like this. And I know there's a bunch of people screaming at me right now saying, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yes, I've watched comedy stuff like Excel Saga. You know, I've watched romantic animes. I've watched school animes, you know, like Slam Dunk and stuff like that. But I haven't really watched anything like that. I'm a lover not an expert. I love anime, but there's a ton of it out there, and I've only seen a fraction of it. I mean, there's so much of it that have, that's been brought over here to North America, and there's a ton of it still in Japan that hasn't been brought over that you can still kind of find if you know where to look. It's a lot to catch up on, so I just try to watch stuff that interests me or the best stuff I can. Well, that's it. That's all I got. You can follow us on Twitter at SuperMovieBall. You can check us out at SuperMovieBall.com. We got full episodes. We got video clips. We got funny gifts if, if you're up there. Guest appearances from other podcasts that aren't on my podcast feed if you want to check those out. Uh, you can also email us if you don't like Twitter at SuperMovieBall at gmail.com. So that's all good. Normally at this point, I would leave you off with our awesome theme Brought to you by Zach, or Zaku as he's going by these days, uh, which is a wonderful theme. Thank you, Zach. It's it's so good. I, I really love it. However, I would be remiss if I didn't share with you the opening of High Score Girl. If what I just said didn't get you hyped up for this anime, then maybe this song will. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>
Allah wa ta'ala.